Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com and thank you for joining us again. Uh, our Twitter feed is at Enthusiacs if you want to follow us there and our YouTube channel where all our video content resides is simply channel Enthusiacs. Uh, my name is uh, Jeff or Baron Fang, your usual host, and I've assembled a, uh, a mighty squad for this evening's discussion. Uh, I have with me Jen... Hello. Uh, I have Greg. So do I say hi or do I kill the orphans? <laughs> hi or kill the orphans. Uh, I'm going to go with hi. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? We have uh, Tony. We, we, uh, we have original OG Tony, by the way, for anyone confused from uh, the Halo episode. And, uh, we also, uh, and we also have Goose. How are you, Goose? Doing fine. Doing mighty fine. Uh, and uh, like we do at the start of every episode, uh, let's hit up what we've all been playing. Uh, we'll start with you, Jen. I, <laughs> well, I've been, I just got a new laptop, so I've been playing a lot of Steam games, uh, most notably Gone Home, which I could rave on and on about, and Subnautica, which I highly recommend. I've been delving into that, but I actually just started uh, Warframe yesterday. And I'm pretty much uh, hooked and obsessed, and I, I think I'm going to be lost in this for a very long time. How about, you, how about you, Greg? Uh, Arkham Knight. That's <clears throat> all I've been playing lately is just Arkham Knight. That, that's it? Oh, of course. Yeah, you're working on the, um, yeah, I'm, the Riddler I'm, trophies. <laughs> I'm trying to grind through the Riddler trophies, yeah. So that's that's what <clears throat> I'm doing. I'm just going around and picking out little green trophies that have been strung around Gotham. Oh, it's easily my least favorite part of these games, but I do it because I I just don't want that that smug little guy to get away with it. So, how many uh of them involve the car? Uh not as many as you might think. Okay. Um like there's a couple where it's like you you go somewhere and you you start a timer and you need to drive in the car to get to where the trophy is now unlocked somewhere. And then there's a couple where you need to use like the car's weapon systems and somewhere you get got to use like the winch system where you like fire a grappling hook and you pull to manipulate stuff. So I mean there's I I would say at least a third of them have involved the car in some way shape or form, but in terms of like racing the car across the streets at a race against time, uh very very few. And you also got to get all the Riddler trophies in order to get the real ending, from what I hear. Yeah, that's what I hear too. So uh, I really don't like stuff like that, but okay. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan either. But I'm going to do it because yeah. it's a Batman game, and I'm a tool. And you want the good so ending? That's what I'm going to do. The Riddler trophy should be tied to the Riddler's fate and nothing else, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty lame. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Tony? I uh, just finished up Child of Light on uh, Xbox One. Not really uh, my cup of tea, but I just I saw it through to the end anyway. Uh, actually, fired up my PS2 to play uh, Resident Evil 2 since that's been in the news lately. Uh, I've been enjoying that. I haven't played that in, God, I don't know how many years it's been. Wow. Uh, it's really about it, actually. Pretty tame. Hmm. And uh, you, Goose? I've been doing some retro gaming myself. I've been doing you know going back and playing on the original Castlevania. And at Greg's suggestion, I've been playing Batman Returns. Oh, oh nice. nice. Oh. 
Uh, for my part, it's basically been uh, a lot of uh, Warframe and uh, just finished up Tomb Raider for the 360. I was uh, a few years behind everyone else on that. <laughs> yeah. Did you like it? I did. I liked it quite a lot. Uh, I oh. liked that the tombs were short and sweet. I was kind of half expecting they would be really... I mean, is anyone? everyone here has played Assassin's Creed just to some point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does everyone remember what the tombs, quote unquote, were like, for lack of a better word, in yes. Assassin's Creed? How long mm-hmm. and complicated some of those could be? Yeah. So yeah. Long. yeah. I. That's what I was expecting from Tomb Raider. I figured that this was going to be one of these. If you fall, you got to start climbing all over again type thing. And they were actually most of them were quite short and manageable. And the rest of the game was kind of not open worldy really but like you know large expansive levels that you could you know climb around a lot in and uh plot strung together by plot and i I quite liked it i mean i've never played a tomb raider game prior to this so i don't know how faithful it is to the uh tomb raider in general but uh, i liked it um and i don't know whether i'd like it enough to play the uh enhanced version or not because i'm i'm under the impression that's purely a graphical upgrade but uh, I quite liked it, and I uh, I'll give the second one a chance when it eventually uh, uh, hits other um, consoles because it's going to be an exclusive for the first year, from what I understand. So 2016. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, let's get down to what we've all come to talk about today. We uh, had this idea dropped earlier in the week, and I thought it was an excellent one uh, that was overdue. Um, we're going to talk about morality systems. Uh, and you know, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow, this has really been something that's, uh, an increasing, uh, aspect of a lot of games, uh, particularly game, you know, RPG type games where there may, there's a, either a formal or informal system for sort of, uh, keeping track of moral choices or at least presenting the character with moral choices. Um, I don't know how many of you here would have ever played sort of tabletop RPGs like a Dungeons and Dragons, etc. but, uh, my whole introduction to alignment systems and morality systems was uh, through D&D, through the familiar lawful evil, lawful good, neutral evil type uh, guidelines for you know what were um, your, basically your character's underlying uh, moral compass, so to speak. Uh, but I have to admit, the first time I ever really remember being presented with a specific sort of moral choice in a, in a game probably would have been towards the end of the first Legacy of Cain, Blood Omen, uh, where you could actually decide whether the world was damned or saved based on your own uh, decisions at, at the end. Uh, and uh, later, uh, you know, Mass Effect and KOTOR uh, introduced me to a, a more complicated system, which is uh, I'm sure we'll get into. Um, how, how about you guys? When was the first time you sort of uh, encountered it? I'll, I'll start with you, Jen. What was the first game that, where you really uh, encountered some sort of a, a framework for moral choices in a in a game? You know, it's funny because when this topic came up, I tried to make some notes on you know my first experiences with them and everything like that. But I can't. I don't. I, I may have had a taste here or there, like you mentioned. That game, you know, was probably your first introduction. But I think my first real experience with a good guy or bad guy was probably Fallout 3. And, yeah, because I definitely played that before Mass Effect, which was my other big one. But um, I just, I got really, really hooked by it, and I personally love the morality system aspect of it. Although I'll admit that I am always, always the good guy. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't be bad. (laughs) But yeah, it was probably Fallout 3. It was done really well, I think, in that game. Yeah. 
How about you, Greg? Uh, you, you've uh, you've obviously played a few RPGs. Is that where it would have uh, appeared first for you? So I I actually gave this some thought, anticipating your question. And uh, so what I want to kind of specify is that I don't consider it to be a morality system unless there is some indicator on your character as to what is your quote-unquote level of morality or whatever Mm -hmm. they're calling it in the given game. So I, by my standard, I wouldn't have even counted Legacy of Cain because there are games that always give you like the, the binary choice, yeah, yeah. but there's no real like morality level system to it. So I would say the first game I ever played that had a morality system was Fable for the original Xbox. Oh, okay. Um, was it was it similar to a Kotor one where your like appearance could change and stuff? Based yeah, on it that? was similar because like if you if you were really really bad, then like your skin would get pale and veiny, and like horns would start <laughs> to grow out of your head. And then, then like if you did like the bad ending, like the, they would get full on devil horns just coming straight out of your head. Um, and in some oh, of the yeah, in some of the Fable games, like if you got good enough, like butterflies would just start to float around <laughs> you wherever you went, and like if you stayed still long enough, a halo would start to appear over your head. So I mean, they they kind of took it a little overt, but uh, but yeah, your appearance could be altered by uh, by whatever your morality now, level was. Did that alter how strangers reacted to you? Yes. Um, now, I don't know if the appearance exactly did it or just the morality did it in okay. how they're related. But, like, if you were an evil person and you strangers saw you, they would be scared. And if your, your appearance was altered, I think they were also repulsed by you. So, like, if you were a good-looking good guy, then, like, the, the women and the men were all over you trying to get with you. Uh, but if you were evil, then, like, people just ran away when you showed up in town. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Tony? Um a specific game or a series of games uh, where you would have first encountered this? Well, you know, going by uh, by Greg's definition, it, it probably would have been the original Mass Effect on 360, but scrambling to find a better answer than that <laughs> or something a little bit older. Actually, I believe uh, the game Black and White uh, huh. had something similar. It wasn't like a bar, but if you, you know, you kind of had a little, uh, and I don't want to say an avatar, but you had kind of like this this animal character that was kind of almost like your representation and you know the people couldn't see you but they saw your animal character yeah and i think if you if you did certain like you could just i think you could actually pick people up and just throw them halfway across the map and i think if you did it like your your animal character would get like a little you know sinister grin on his face or maybe grow horns mm-hmm. or something or maybe like a halo vice versa so yeah, yeah, if we yeah. want to count something like that it wasn't like a clear you know your bar is going this way or that way but there's little I would count that. I would count that. It was definitely making a morality determination and affecting your character. So I would would call that, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Goose? Uh, Fallout, perhaps? Actually, the first one that I can remember having a morality system would be um, the original Knights of the Old Republic. I played, I didn't actually own the system myself, but a buddy of mine did. And I played it probably nonstop for at least a year (laughs) or more. And you can probably guess how my system went, but still. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> we know and, you. <laughs> well, we can, and we'll yep. get to that. We'll definitely get to that. Straight up good Jedi all the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, from what I understand of Fallout, um, it's had a – it's well, where it may or may not have had an actual system or bar rating, uh, it definitely had, even in the earlier versions of Fallout, a lot of, like, choices, you know, like, you know. Steal, yeah, but I don't. I don't people. count that either, though. Like, yeah. But see, in Fallout or... Three, it'll it'll name you. Like it'll say you're a savior or you're this yeah. or that. So it does kind of rank you 
good yeah, and bad. Fallout 3 straight up gives you a morality level, but oh. the earlier ones didn't. Yeah, yeah, the, the earlier ones didn't. No, it was because oh. this is I was really wrestling with this because what do you do in RPGs where it's like, well, there's no system of morality, but your choices affect other people, and I decided that also doesn't count because that's a completely different mechanic of your choice matters. Yeah, and I yeah. would say that that's not really because yeah. your choice can matter and it's still not actually be making a morality determination. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I might put this question to you, Greg. Is is the the choice to put a morality system in a game just another layer uh, that they can add in terms of choice? Is that is that all it is or is there something more to it th- than that? I, I guess in some ways, like I, I would prefer if I had to pick one that my choices mattered much more than an arbitrary morality slider because it's – I mean it's hairy to try to get a morality slider in a game because morality itself is not very easily defined yeah. and it's not very – it's not always universal and there's always some gray area. I mean I, we, we merely need to bring up politics and religion, which I won't, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> But then you're going to find like one person's morality is another person's immorality and it, it, I mean it can get really hairy and so what you end up getting with morality systems is kind of a level where in order to keep it so that everybody understands that good is good and bad is bad, they usually the bad has to be something almost cartoon villainy. Yeah, yeah. And the good has to be ridiculously saintly, and then sometimes they just get it. Like Mass Effect Two had one choice where it's just straight up wrong, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I think you guys got it right. Yeah. Didn't quite get that the way it should have been." But you know, so I guess I'd rather just have the choices matter, and just you know, let me, the player, determine my level of morality. And and if if people want to react to me in different ways, and people kind of hate me because I I screwed them over, then. I think that kind of stands more in terms of what I'd like to see rather than some slider that says like, hey, everybody, he's he's a, he's a good guy because he helped out all these other people instead of, you know, he's a good guy because his morality level's at a 90. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Goose, you brought up a series that's a pretty good example of a morality system that's very cut and dry <laughs> in uh, a KOTOR system where it's a, literally a light side, dark side determination. Uh, we're... <laughs> From memory, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Goose, but from memory, uh, there weren't too many choices in that game where it wasn't pretty clear which was dark, which was light. Oh, yeah, you knew pretty, it was pretty black and white as to what was what. No one went through that game and was like, I don't know what the, which one this one is. I mean, you were either strangling a person and taking their food or, hey, I'll feed the baby. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> that's the difference here. Was it even possible to walk the line in that game, or did the game's mechanics and bonuses just make it impossible for you to kind of, like, you know, have a middling character? In one, it was pretty much impossible. You you really needed to be either light or dark. In the sequel, they made it where you could be a little bit more gray, but, yeah, in the first one, it was you were either the paragon of light and virtue, or you were the most evil sumbitch who was headed for Walk the Galaxy. <laughs> I, I do remember uh, every once in a while what, what seemed to me to be a pretty uh, trifling choice ended up being, like, someone judging you <laughs> for not being <laughs> good enough, and I, I believe there was a Penny Arcade cartoon where, uh, you know, somebody was... Uh, Suggesting that throwing, walking a Jawa across the street and, and into a, an open furnace <laughs> was, you know, that was the, one was light, one was dark. Um, <laughs> um, 
That's about right. Well, Jen, uh, given that you're the polar opposite of Goose, uh, <laughs> it, you've you've uh, expressed before it's that true. you tend to, you know, take the, um, for lack of a better word, Paragon choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there some reason why you always lean that way? I definitely Apart from just your innate goodness or whatever it is that might <laughs> my innate you. sweetness. No, there to me there's another level that it adds. Like I agree with Greg. The the ultimate issue for me is being able to have choices where the choices actually do matter. But there's something to for at least personally, there's something that that more a morality system aspect adds to it that is very unique and I don't like when a game isn't there. When when it, when that isn't in a game, sorry, because it kind of it adds a whole nother level of like feeling like you have this power in this world. And for someone who loves open world, sandbox exploration, massive games like Skyrim, I love feeling like I can be the hero. That I just get so much more into a game if I can. And as far as always playing good. I honestly feel guilty if I'm bad in a game. I've tried multiple times to play Fallout 3 as the bad guy, (laughs) thinking that it would be easier, and I couldn't do it. I felt terrible, and I had to reload. Mm. So I just, I mean, I guess that's just a personal aspect. But, um, you know, another interesting thing I, I have to say is that when I was trying, when I did have my short run as, you know, the, the bad guy in Fallout 3, I had the much worse time getting through. I had less bottle caps. I had less uh, stuff on hand. Like, I think in a way, the game kind of rewards you for being good. Hmm. And I I mean, I guess that makes sense that maybe they would want to encourage that more. But I struggled a lot more being a bad guy. I've played games where it was the opposite, where it was clear that I missed out on, you know, quite a lot of potential resources or or rather gave them away because I was making, uh, you know, uh, saintly choices, so to speak. What about you, Tony? Do you tend to lean one way or the other or you're such a Chivo whore? God knows you're probably paying both ways (laughs) just to get the replayability uh, out of it to to, to get some achievements. Look, okay, yes, I do. But when I go through my my first playthrough, which is me trying to enjoy the game, yeah, I I tend to follow Jen's path of going the, you know, the, the nice guy approach and, you know, for the most part, I think that's, you know, I, it's a, a, a representation of myself, I, I try to feel like. Yeah. You know, like I, I would like to think I'd like to do the good things in these situations if, if I was actually in them. Uh, but, you know, on that on that point, so even though I, I try to go down that path, I think one, I, I like games that kind of blur the lines of, or they kind of show you like, yeah, you did the good thing, and it kind of screwed you in the end. And I think, it, I can't think of like prime examples, but I want to say the, the Telltale Walking Dead series. Yeah kind of kind of did that like yeah you may have done the right thing but humanity is at such a bad point yeah that you really need to look out for yourself and you know going what you think might be good when society was intact really has no bearing on the world as it is now yeah yeah i mean there's a uh greg that you've brought this up before uh that that um Steal the stuff out of the back of the car. Oh, God. Uh, oh, yeah. That's uh, that brutal. That, that's one that not only, you know, seems significant in terms of, you know, even though the characters that it would have affected were, you know, not on screen at the time you made the choice, not only did they make that choice have weight in the moment, but it turned out, and you know, for lack of spoiling the game, it turned out to have some rather serious repercussions towards the end, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean... You say rather serious, but uh, we're being perfectly honest. Nothing you did in that game really had that much of an effect at the end. Yeah. You still found yourself in the same place doing the same thing with the same people alive or dead. Yeah. 
I just found it interesting that they tied it back to a choice like that, that uh, yeah. at the time, as difficult as it seems, didn't seem like it would be crucial to the mm-hmm. outcome of the game. Right. Uh, Goose, you seem to uh, stray rather differently than uh, Jen and Tony do <laughs> when you're going through <laughs> games with where you've got moral choices. Uh, is there some reason you tend to uh, take the, the naughty, not nice path? Or is it <laughs> is it just a way for you to bust out of your uh, day-to-day, uh, you know, nice guy uh, mold or is there something more to it basically i just always see it when i'm in a game world it's basically a playground so i just do whatever i want and just spit with the consequences <laughs> i guess that would explain why you like saints row so much <laughs> but, by the way does saints row have a morality i mean god knows it wouldn't fit if it did does it have much of a morality system or is it just you know disorganized chaos not really it's basically just whatever you do it's basically basically it has some Similar to what you again you were talking about earlier, where there's a choice to be made at the very end. Yeah, that's either a good choice or a bad choice, but otherwise it's mostly just there's no, nothing really. There's no real system in place. Yeah. yeah. Well, Greg, um, how 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 do you tend to fall? I mean, uh, you've you've you, Fallout. You seem to be pretty uh, uh, in your discussions yeah. about Fallout. You've been pretty much you know straightforward and uh, kindly. But uh, is that always the case in games, or does it depend? On it's the game? it's not always the case. It depends on the game and my mood when I'm playing it. Honestly, because like <laughs> I I will play Fallout and I will do Fallout like straight good. You know, I am an an agent of good and. You know the the light shines from the heavens upon me to light my path on the earth, <laughs> and then I could play Bioshock and totally rip worms out of those little girls <laughs> to get all the atom out of them. Oh so no! It's, yeah, sorry, folks. Who thought I didn't do that. Yeah, I totally did that. I I just straight up harvested the the little sisters. But then, yeah. but then in Bioshock too, I didn't harvest the little sisters. I saved them all. Yeah. So it like it's it's just a matter of kind of my mood when I play the game, or sometimes I'll. I'll kind of do a little bit of both. Um, I, 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 I try not to do that as much anymore, though, because now these games, usually they, they want you to either all one or all the other. Like, there's usually some reward yeah. for, like, going straight good or straight evil. Yeah. Like, Infamous sticks out in my head that, like, if you went straight good, you got certain powers, and if you went straight bad, you got certain powers. And I actually started good, mm-hmm. and then I realized that the special power for being bad was a lot better like if you if you st- if you're good then your special power is you can shock like the cover people hide behind when they're shooting at you <sighs> but if you go like straight evil you get like straight up emperor palpatine force lightning <laughs> yeah and i'm like well i think i want force lightning <laughs> yeah, yeah. so i i shifted my allegiance midway through the game so that i could get force lightning uh which was easy cuz then you just have to start killing people yeah. which is another inherent flaw in the morality system is that it it could go one way or the other. Like you, after you murder children, <laughs> there really shouldn't be a way to come back to the other side of the morality. Yeah, like, that. like there's, <laughs> no, there shouldn't. There shouldn't. Yeah. And uh, to to uh, to the credit of Infamous, there was at least one point where you made one choice that the game considered so heinous that you were locked on the evil side yeah. of the morality fence, and you're like basically like, no, you you set off a weapon of mass destruction. You yeah. you don't get to be good again after that. Mm-hmm. You're basically all bad now. I gather from, from memory, Goose, uh, KOTOR, that, that choice is rather late in the game, uh, but still, there is a point at which you you know, you pick a particular path and that's it for the last you know, 10%, 15% or something. Oh yeah, there's, there's definitely a moment where, if, and I'll be honest, that's the only part of that whole game where I seriously considered not taking the evil option because yeah. it, what is really, really evil? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty dark. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
Uh, well, you know what's funny? I just, sorry, I have to cut in because Goose told me the, a hilarious story when he was playing Fallout 3 recently about how you were like, you blew Megaton, you killed all these people, and then you gave the Drifter like 10 bottles of water, and then your karma was like good. <laughs> yeah, I gave him Remember? 10 bottles of purified water, <laughs> and my karma level was saintly. I was like, I just After- nuked the town. Yeah, so yes, gave, this guy, gave, gave this guy a case of water and I'm good. <laughs> yes, and that's that's another one of my issues with morality systems is that it's the, – the slider shouldn't flow so freely. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's – if we want to be perfectly honest and maybe this is just societal commentary right now, yeah. but it, it should flow negative a lot faster and more freely than positive. Yeah. And honestly, anytime it goes negative, it should really limit how far to the positive you can go because yeah. there will eventually come a time where, like, if Adolf Hitler survived World War II and then decided to go, like, feed starving children in Africa, uh, he's still going to be an evil man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no around that. There's, you're not going you know, to dig out of that hole. Yeah, no. yeah I've always that? thought the more evil you win, I've always thought the good bar should just start lowering as to what is the maximum good you can <laughs> oh, be. Yeah, yeah, it should be. I mean, unless you want to build a game around, you know, trying to find atonement for what you did wrong, but then you're kind of scrapping the morality system and just defining how the game works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to, I mean, you'd have to be, in order to have this to be some kind of peripheral, to have some sort of atonement mechanic would be extremely difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tony, earlier you brought up Mass Effect, which has an interesting uh, sort of morality system. And uh, it's it's not at least the way it was designed in the first game. Uh, we can get into how it went later on. But uh, <laughs> at least how it was designed in the first game, rather than sort of a good evil mechanic, it was more of a, is it fair to say, uh, following the rules mechanic versus... Uh, following the rules generous mechanic versus sort of selfish and do anything to get the job done, sort of bullheaded, renegade versus Paragon, I guess. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty accurate description of it because, I mean, you know, even even with the the non-Paragon and renegade choices, just your your regular three options for your dialogue, I mean, it all ended the same, essentially, Um, except for your your major, major decisions. Um, But, I mean, they all, you know, it's just like, look, I got it done. It's kind of like, this is just what I said. This is the tone that I set. Like, this is the the character that I present myself yeah, as. Yeah. The, the, yeah so I, I don't think, yeah, it, it, you're right. It wasn't, I don't necessarily say it was morality. It was more character defining than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Although it, it would open up more and more dialogue choices. If it, it like, let's say if you just stuck Paragon, it would open up more and more of those blue Paragon yeah. choices. Right. And there were a lot of times where you could pretty easily resolve conflict by sweet talking yeah. <laughs> because right. you have and these good guy points saved yeah. up or you could shoot first do something kind of <laughs> ruthless yeah because you've been a little bit more renegade but yeah. Right. so yeah and ultimately it it kind of was the same but i did like how it let you continue on that path how you wanted to play it yeah. and furthermore yeah i mean even though i say it's more character defining, there is i think everyone here has obviously played mass effect there is that that character-defining moment, I guess you should say, uh, if you build up enough renegade points, I think, with the reporter, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. at the end, then you get the opportunity to opportunity to slugger. It's not like you can just do that. Yeah. I think you have to build up to that. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, Goose, you've commented before about how uh, by the time Mass Effect Two rolled around, uh, that sort of system that I described uh, went a little bit off the rails. Uh, I mean. A little bit of cartoony evil thrown in there for Paragon choice uh, for the Renegade choices. Is that fair to say? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Not but saying they, I didn't do them. I'm just yeah, saying, well, yeah. yes, they did most certainly get away. I knew, I knew you definitely it's so, It sort of went, you sort of went Schwarzenegger a little bit on the Renegade <laughs> and some of those options. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they were they got a little wonky in Mass Effect Two. Like there was one scene in particular where you came across, and it was, it was you're in the prison, and they're just beating the tar out of some prisoner for no good reason. Yeah, and so you could either interject and get the uh, get the guy to stop beating the prisoner, yeah. or you could just kind of say like, "Well, carry on yeah. and just move on." And if you intimidated the guard to get him to stop, you got more renegade points than just yeah. walking away and saying, "Well, have fun beating the prisoner." Yeah. So it, hmm. I'm just like, how is that like whether you went the intimidate or the charm route, if you got him to stop beating the prisoner, it seems like that was the same. That's the same moral choice, basically. Yeah. But you've decided, like, since I decided to kind of be a jerk about it, I now have negative morality and more negative morality than just allowing the beating to continue. Yeah, there's a lot of times in that game where it'll come out and it'll either be Paragon or Renegade, and you'll just kind of scratch your head like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't seem quite right." I mean, it... yeah. Well, that's the issue is a lot of these morality systems is whether you decided to choose the good path or the bad path. Yeah. It doesn't actually affect anything because the game rolls the same way, and people will more or less ref- come to you for the same thing. You still need to beat the big bad guy at the end, whether you were a jerk or a nice guy. And, you know, whether you were evil and intimidating or charming and fun and friendly, you still get the exact same result out of the person you're talking to. Yeah, yeah. And in, and you know, Mass Effect 2 led to 3, and, and you know, there, there were some other ridiculous ones in 2, like, you know, punching a guy out a window <laughs> who, who looked at you yeah. the wrong way. Well, How about you know, goodbye? If, if, yeah. Yeah, if we, could, if we could speak to that one, though, I don't remember the exact context of that situation, but and I was going to bring this up to Jen, too, that, you know, yeah, I, I normally take take the, the good route. I don't know what it is about that guy or what he said, but I've been playing good all throughout that. And I just said, no, something's not right about this. So I elected mm-hmm. to kick him out the window. I mean, Jen, have you, have you never just want, like something just rubbed you so wrong one way that even you're like, I can afford losing these good couple good points this one time I, to do this. I can pretty much guarantee I have, but I can't really name one off the top of my head. Um, I, I typically try and stick with just the little ones. Like, in Fallout 3, you have to to get a bobblehead, which gives you like 10 extra skill points. I think it was the speech bobblehead. You have to break into, you have to lock picks, you know, <laughs> into, to get into someone's house yeah. to steal it. And I lost a little bit of karma for that, but I was like, whatever, I want my bobblehead. <laughs> I, so there are times where I won't worry about stuff like that. I can't think of one, though, where I was so agitated that I picked the, quote, bad guy or renegade I punched option, a, but I'm sure I have. I punched a Corian Admiral in the stomach once when he did something particularly <laughs> dickish, and there was a really nice uh, uh, shoot shoot the gas main uh, renegade interrupt in Mass Effect 2 that uh, I quite yeah. enjoyed as well, but that to me, that just seemed like the smart choice rather than the renegade choice, to be honest. <laughs> I, have, I have never seen that cutscene play out. Any, I don't know what happens if you don't shoot the gas tank, because even so, in my Paragon run, I still shot the gas tank. So one of these days, just to kind of feel that i did finally just wait for him and like the speech goes on forever and you get like a hundred chances to shoot the thing and then eventually he's just like <laughs> so now let's fight and then it just starts a gunfight and like so how is it possibly a renegade choice to get the jump on these guys when they're just going to attack me anyway yeah it, it to me it just it, it just seemed like the longer that series went on the less thought they put into the two sides of the choices and the more it just became a good a uh good guy versus a complete evil dick by the end well the same goes for the series in general so i think yeah it got a little bit lazy 
but all right, that's enough mess. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, we're not done yet. Well, um, Greg, you mentioned Bioshock a little bit earlier, uh, yeah. but that that was, um, I mean, is it? And I gather a few of you others have played it as well. Was that more uh, an issue of? making decisions based on it getting you resources more easily versus avoiding combat no it was straight up getting resources faster and it's uh although i uh a friend of mine we we figured it out that like overall if you take the good choice you eventually get more resources oh yeah but the bad choice gets them to you faster because when you keep when you keep saving the little girls then you you keep getting gifts from the 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 tannenbaum one man it's like as a thank you for saving the little girls oh, okay mm-hmm. but uh if you get more on the initial pull when you harvest the little girls. And I didn't know that. Otherwise, I because for me, it was just straight up, I want the resources. Mm. And then I was thinking, like, and the guy on the radio, and I didn't know he was a jerk at the time, spoilers, <laughs> but he was just like, that's not a little girl anymore. And I just, the thing that went through my head is, am I going to be like that guy in the zombie movie who the person's turned? But I'm like, no, that's still my friend. Yeah. Like, well, no, it's not your friend. So I was like, oh, the guy said they're not little girls anymore. And yeah. he's been trustworthy so far. I'm just going to go ahead and harvest him. And I sure did, as as creepy and horrifying as that scene is when, like, the hand's coming down on the girl and she's, like, trying to smack it away. And, yeah. And it's... Uh, a little upsetting and i probably wouldn't do it again if i ever played through the game again but uh uh yeah that's that's what i did yeah. well and but the, yeah and it was just for resources yeah well well that's the thing though is it actually bioshock does something that the mass effect doesn't is that doing those things actually has a, a, a an outcome on the ending yeah right um yeah and that's what i actually kind of enjoyed about bioshock is that yeah. and i didn't even think about it going up until the end but you know you you have different endings based on how you how you handle the little sisters, mm. which you know Mass Effect. You get the same. Well, with the exception of three, you get this, and really two. But you know they. Well, I guess you could even say the same about one. But still, it's essentially the same ending. Mm-hmm. You know, your morality really has no effect on those endings. But in Bioshock, it definitely did. Yeah. Well, ga- games are all about agency and control to a point. Uh, are, are I mean, I'll, I'll ask you first, Jen. Do you do you think that these sorts of systems are in the game purely to purely to, to add more choice to the game and add more replayability, which we touched on a little, little bit earlier. Is it just a way to present two, two options and thus flesh out the possible choices more? Uh, th- is it, is it harder to write a story that has like a, a straight through line of uh, where the, you're just playing the game and the choices are just already built into the story or is this a easier route? I think it, in, in a gaming world where it seems like there are more and more games that flaunt that they have, oh, oh, it's your, you have choices yeah. and it affects how it plays out. I think the industry is really, you know, realizing that a lot of players appreciate that. Yeah. And it, it really does add another layer to it that without it, for me, it, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel as attached to it i wouldn't feel as i don't want to say emotional because i don't get emotional but you know that emotional kind of pull of like oh i just you know i can't do that because i would feel kind of bad for these people i think it's a really really cool uh it's definitely due to the story writers too because if it's if they don't write it right you're not going to feel bad the really really great games that have the morality system intact you you it, there's just that pull and i get way more invested in a game if it's there so sorry i'm rambling yeah. it's really hard for me to describe yeah. but 
Like I know I how I feel when I'm playing it, but it's really hard to express. But I think they're catching on that people really like that. And it, it is another aspect of choice, but it's different. So I really like having both there. Greg, do you enjoy a game more when it presents those sorts of choices? Or is it, uh, you know, really depend on uh, the genre? Or I, I guess it depends on how well they do yeah. it. because yeah. It does. If you, if you come to this choice and they're like, all right, so now you have to make a moral choice. You can either kill all the innocent people or save all the innocent people. I just have to shrug my shoulders and be like, what's what's the point? It's either write the game as I'm a hero or a villain because there's no in between here. Yeah. I'm either it's, I'm either a mass murderer or the hero of the game, and either way, it, I still got to fight the end boss. So I just it really depends uh and it's only been maybe a handful of times that i've really actually seen the choice play out in a way that that works or even gives me pause yeah uh, because usually it's so the villainy is so cartoony and and the heroism is so like over the top that i don't necessarily have to think about it i'm just making like what I, what am i being an evil run this time sure i'm being evil whatever kill the people See, th- so. that's what I really love about the end of Fallout, though. And I know I keep going back to that, but I'm just a huge fan of the series. But at the end of the game, they give you a cinematic, if you will, where this voiceover is tell is talking about the things you Not did. Not just any voiceover, screenshots Jen. And- Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but it, it that will be altered depending on what you did. Yeah. So right. that's, that's I, really, I really liked cool. it much better. And in, uh, in Fallout, I think, did it much better for me. Uh, in terms of you know what you now at the same time in Fallout like like I still did some evil stuff just I did it to bad people so the game didn't <laughs> seem to mind like you oh yeah, I did for, too like for slavers man the game doesn't care about slavers you can do anything you want to slavers and you are a okay I just told them all <laughs> yeah I didn't I didn't speak to a single one if it said slaver next to it I don't care if they wanted to talk to me and and be my friend I shot them in the head with Lincoln's repeater because I believe in poetic justice America Yeah so and Fallout I think did it really well I don't remember at times in Fallout when I was I really thought it was a bit over the top except for now the, at the very end Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spoil it, but at the very end, there's this choice where you can do something or you make somebody else do something. Right. And uh, so the, and, and it's it's like it's the end of the game. Like, what do I stand to lose at this point by taking this other choice? Well, it could so, alter the ending. And I, well, the first time I played it, I didn't know how, what was going to happen based yeah. on that choice. I appreciate at least when they, you know, they go through and hear Ron Perlman talk about all like the awesome stuff I did. But you're right; that doesn't happen yeah. very often. But that doesn't happen very often. Most mm-hmm. of the time, Dante's Inferno. I specifically remember because there was this this choice you always got in Dante's Inferno. Anytime you came across a, a lost soul in mm-hmm. in hell, that you could you could either damn them there permanently, or you could you know redeem them and atone them of their sins. And I really thought they were going somewhere with it, but whether you, you know, damn every one of them or atone every one of them or anything in between, no matter what happens, your soul gets redeemed and you go to heaven at the end. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what? why even oh. give me the choice if that's doesn't even yeah, do – Yeah, that's not good. I mean, doesn't do anything. So yeah. that that would be a very good example of, see, this was this was bad. But you get all kinds of the good blue karma points to whatever that – I don't remember what they were called yeah. – to, to level, level up your up, cross yeah. – so that you could shoot your Kamehamehas at people faster and more, <laughs> more hardcore. But I, I, it, I, I like yeah. a game where it's well-written enough that I could believe that that character could potentially make either choice, depending on the circumstances, whereas it isn't a big cartoonish swing. Like, Tony, you mentioned Walking Dead earlier. That was one real strength of Season 1 and Walking Dead in particular, is that I could buy Lee making 
either choice or even the third choice often, which was the do nothing sort of choice. None, yeah. none of them to me, maybe you disagree with me. No, rarely was there a choice presented in that game where it would have seemed like, well, that's out of character for, for Lee. Uh, was yeah. that, a, is that game stand out for you in terms of the, 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 the being believable Tony and ter- at least in terms of the, the, the different choices? No, absolutely. No, it made it absolutely more believable. Um, I, I mean, yeah, every, like you said, every, every decision included, well, I mean, maybe you could argue against the do nothing, but I think that that was one thing that that game did well was the fact that you kind of always do have a choice to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's norm. It, it's normally yeah. kind of the wrong thing to do, but it's it's a choice. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I definitely think it, it did it well. But yeah, one of the, one of that game's strength is that it does write the you know the polar opposite choices as believable. Yeah. More more or less, it's the dialogue that comes across and how they want to get that point across that makes it believable. Yeah. 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 What what helped out the Walking Dead series is that you're still you're playing as a character. You're playing as Lee Everett, so it's not like I created some yeah. blank faced silent protagonist that right. I'm projecting onto. Like, so it's all stuff that I could see Lee doing, mm-hmm. well, and that's see, what made it believable. But that's the thing too is that another strength of that game is that you you know I'm sorry spoilers for this game for the very beginning of the game, but you open up with him in the back of a cop car, yeah, and it it takes you a while to even learn why he's there, yeah. so you know he has a past. But you kind of are given the blank canvas. It's like, okay, yeah. now you kind of can write his history from here on out. But you do have to acknowledge the fact that he does have some kind of past. But you just don't know what it is. But he obviously did something. But it's well yeah. written enough that any of the possibilities, at least to me, kind of fit. And that's that's not that's not always something that gets pulled off uh, in a game, blank canvas or not. Uh, Goose, is there? A, I'll, I'll leave it to you f- uh, first. Uh, is there a game that has you know a moral system in it that just is that just does it the best to to in your opinion or or like that really stands out? Honestly, I gotta go back. If we're looking at what I think has done it the best, I gotta go back to Fallout because instead of it just being the static bar, either you're good or you're evil. It's more akin to what you do right. affects what you are as opposed to, okay, I made this choice, that's 30 renegade points or what have you. Yes, technically speaking, you do lose or gain karma based on certain things you do, yeah. but there's no, there, there isn't really a, a, quote, system in place that either rewards or punishes you for your karma in that case. Do you expect them to tinker much, uh, speaking of Fallout, uh, in the next game? Or uh, they, do you think they'll take more of a, it ain't broke, don't fix it? Uh... I'm hoping they take a, it ain't broke, don't fix it mm-hmm. thing. But but honestly, these days, game companies rarely surprise me anymore. <laughs> so I, I trust no one and nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how about you, Jen? Is there a game that, uh, that does a morality system that just, you know, for you, has done it the best or the most consistently if we're talking about a series? Yeah, I, I pretty much have to completely echo everything uh, Goose just said. Fallout 3 is, I mean, I know I fangirl a lot about that game, but that's definitely the one that, that as far as what I've played, that's done the morality system the best. I really, really, really hope that they don't, t- they can tinker with it a little bit, but I really hope that they don't change it. I think it's a very good system. It's very effective. It's for me, it's the best that I've played, and there's a lot of them, like we've talked about, that haven't done it right. So I just hope they they stick with something they're good at. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Have you got a uh, a, fa- a favorite? Oh, um, I I'm, I hate to just say Fallout Three because that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> that's all right. But I think Fallout Three was my favorite because I I Fable just kind of 
made some really arbitrary choices that didn't I never really got a hundred percent behind and and some of them were just silly. Uh I think of that. I'm trying to think if there's anything better out there than than Fallout Three, but I think Fallout Three has probably done it the best as I've seen thus far. So yeah, I'm just gonna say Fallout Three because I can't think of anyone better. And you would think if I could, then I would. So, <laughs> how about you, Tony? Is there something that uh, surpasses Walking Dead for you? Or I mean, this is a really tough one. Um, I played Fallout Three and I enjoyed it, the morality system in that. Um, you know. This might be kind of weird to say because it might seem like I was going against this game the whole time in the franchise, but at least the original. The original Mass Effect, even though the, your, your morality really had no bearing on the endings um, and you might hear how your choices or things that you did kind of were echoed just inside conversations that you kind of overhear people having in the second and third game. You know, I don't, I don't know what the exact definition of morality is. I don't know what the Webster's definition is of it, but I, I just feel like what I liked about Mass Effect is that it helped you define your character um, and, the, and the choices that you made. And even even if it, they were, even if it wasn't necessarily the, the left or you know the the left side of the dialogue tree, where it's the renegade or the uh, paragon choices, it's more of your original three. Yeah. And what you could have, no matter which one of those three you selected, it's essentially the same outcome with a different you know speech from the other guy or the quick one liner. Yeah. I don't know. I just it, it helped me kind of. It was like yeah that this kind of helps me cement my character's morality. I don't know if that yeah. <laughs> necessarily makes sense. But, oh, it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, uh, I got to give uh, Mass Effect one, the first Mass Effect game, pretty big points myself. It went pretty far off the rails in the second two game games. Um, I actually got to give uh, walking dead season two uh, standout points for me because, uh, if you give spoilers, let me no, know. No, I'm not going to give any spoilers. <laughs> just that, you know, given that, um, Clementine is the main character, uh, it, it manages to put those moral choices in, in a 10-year-old's uh, hands, which, you know, not only requires really good writing to pull it off, but means that, you know, you're not going to have these huge swings between her being, you know, sadistic or, you know, it's a, it's a little mm-hmm. more subtle. You, you, you've got, you've yeah. got a 10-year-old's moral choices rather than a, a grown adult. So, you know, there's, there's going to be limits on how far she's willing to go either way. And yet it still managed to make it pretty interesting. Um, at least uh, Jeff, just to point out, just want to interject uh, by my own definition of what I consider a morality system in the game. I actually exclude the walking dead series because it's more of a, your choices matter, but like it, nowhere in there do they say like, Lee, you're a good man or Lee, you're an evil man based on your choices. Like yeah. they, they might, they might say he's a jerk, but you can still be a jerk and be a moral man. That's, yeah, yeah. It, I just, I just don't, because I love that game, and I just want to make sure that people don't like get this dissonance. Listen, the listeners out there in the world, yeah. Um, my my loyal rabid fan base <laughs> doesn't sit there and think. Now wait a minute, he loves the Walking Dead series, but that's not his favorite series with the moral system. Mm-hmm. Just letting people know, hey, no, it's I. I don't actually consider that to be a moral system. I consider that to be something a little bit more. Uh, advanced and that just your choices get reflected in how people think of you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and if yeah, it doesn't have that bar or anything like that. But you know, I think the the one thing that really kind of stings you, especially the first time you see it, is they'll remember that. They'll remember you did that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Just that's, those words. That's even that's worse. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like like just saying like he'll remember you said that. Like that stuck with me a lot more than any you've gained karma yeah, ever. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm not really sure what to call it. It's definitely not a traditional moral moral system, but it is uh, interesting the way they've worked that in there. Um, well, thanks everybody. Uh, I th- I covered most of uh, what I wanted to talk about on, on that subject, and uh, I I figured I figured Fallout Three would uh, would definitely <laughs> feature strongly in there uh, because you know that I've I've never played it myself, but it, it does strike me as a game that where you know everything is not black and white, so to speak. Uh, and now Tony, you've got me thinking about that black and white game. I have not thought about that in years, but <laughs> that that monster flinging the little citizens around thing. Uh, well, it's the god hand. Yeah, yeah. Around, yeah animal, you're right. But... Yeah, the god, the god hand thing. Yeah. Suddenly, I'm thinking I might want to go back to that one. I, you know what, I want to play it too. Like, I just remember how old that game is. Like, I don't. I'm like looking at this. Like, God, this just looks god awful. Like, I don't know if I can if I can deal with this. But I'd love to. I never played the second one. But I think I could put up. I with might it. give uh, Goose and Jen the final word here uh, again. Uh, Jen, any uh, any chance of uh, any chance of you bending on that? Uh, you know, on going back, playing a game you played before, <laughs> and uh, going a, a dark uh, renegade uh, playthrough. You know, I I will always be open to trying it, but I think until a game it until a game does it a little bit differently, I don't think I could. Because, like Greg said earlier, and we've talked about a lot, a lot of the bad choices are so bad and it's so over the top that I feel like a terrible person doing it and I can't but when it's a little bit more of a gray area slash bad guy choice then I could see doing that but I've tried with Mass Effect I've tried with Fallout um, I've, I've tried with Skyrim and I just I I really don't get the same enjoyment yeah. when I'm doing that it's just not as fun and it's like I need a shower. Like, I just, I feel gross. <laughs> yeah. How about you, uh, Darth Goose? Is there any chance of a uh, good Samaritan playthrough uh, in your future? Or uh... I'll be honest, I seem to have the exact opposite reaction <laughs> that Jen does because I start a good playthrough and everything's fine. And then an NPC says the wrong thing and, hey, look, shotgun. <laughs> Well, um, no, uh, no quiz or uh, old school recommendation this week. Just wanted to st- stick to the topic at hand. So, uh, Greg, your uh, winning streak will have to wait for another. Uh... Yes. <laughs> well, it's it still stands. Uh, it'll just have to wait for uh, another episode. Uh, well, thanks everybody. Um, as I mentioned at the top, our Twitter feed is at Enthusiacs. If you want to follow us there, and our YouTube channel Enthusiacs, where all our playthroughs and dragon rages uh reside uh, on youtube channel enthusiasts uh we have a forum that uh, you can link to on the uh top right hand corner of enthusiasts.com if you want to join the discussion there our email address for the podcast is pointstreak at enthusiasts.com if you have any questions feedback or suggestions or suggestions for topics uh thanks again to our jet our uh, guests uh, jen Greg, Tony, and Goose. And uh, thanks to our listeners, and join us again next week on another episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Another whoa. another again. two weeks, again. hence. Two weeks. Next week next is week Hero, Talk. Hero Talk. You, you, gotta, you don't preempt Hero Talk. <laughs> You're going to get your turn in two weeks. It's my turn next week. Join us again on our, uh, our regularly scheduled two-week gap uh, to the next episode of Point Streak. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. See you next time.